0: what's happening and welcome to episode 10 of the GCSA podcast presented in partnership with our friends at Bayer Environmental Science. I'm your host, Scott Hollister, the editor-in-chief of GCM Magazine, and I'm so happy you've decided to check out this episode of the podcast. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast, whether that's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, the GCSA website, and rate and review the podcast on those same services. It really does help us when you do that, so please subscribe, rate, and review if you can. Yeah. On this episode of the GCSAA podcast, we are going to go inside the shop with a good conversation with a pair of equipment managers who have established themselves as real leaders in the field, Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kipp. Patrick is the equipment manager at the clubs of Cordillera Ranch in Bernie, Texas, while Kayla is in that same role at Wisp Resort in McHenry, Maryland. Both of them serve as members on the GCSAA equipment managers task group and were in Lawrence recently for some meetings of that group. So we took that opportunity to chat with them about their personal journeys in the business, some of the challenges and opportunities facing equipment managers in this market, and some of the issues being tackled by that GCSA task group. Patrick and Kayla really had uh, great insights on all of that and more. So a fun conversation for me to have and one I think you're going to enjoy. As always, we want to uh, thank the good people over at Bear Environmental Science for their continuing support of this podcast. As anyone who has worked with Bear can tell you, they are a company committed to helping customers thrive through a combination of great technical expertise and innovative solutions like Bear's StressGuard fungicide products. You can learn much more about the company and the StressGuard product line by going to environmentalscience.bear.us/stressguard. So, without further ado. Let us dive into episode 10 of the GCSA podcast in my conversation with equipment managers Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kipp. Welcome back. And one of the real perks of my job as the editor-in-chief of golf course management is the opportunity to visit a ton of different golf courses, uh, from the biggest, most prestigious places to, um, to really awesome municipal public access golf courses and really get to interact with all of the folks involved in the, uh, the maintenance operations at those facilities from directors of agronomy and head golf course superintendents all the way down to, uh, to, to new crew members. And what I have found is that the people who tend to know what's really going on in a golf course operation and know the people there' the best are the people uh, in the shop, the equipment managers and I am uh, uh, I've been I've been really intrigued also by the really interesting stories that 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 these folks bring to the table and um, excited today that uh, I have two members of GCSAA's equipment managers task group they're in Lawrence um, for meetings today. first time in Lawrence for both you guys yes. Sir. No. no. You've been here. Patrick has been here before, but, uh, honored to be joined by uh, Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kipp. Uh, Patrick is the equipment manager at the Clubs of Cordillera Ranch in Bernie, Texas. That is correct. I should be able to pronounce that because we do GIS. We've done GIS in the area before, and I've been to uh, Cordillera Ranch a few times. Uh, Patrick's a five-year GCSA member, been uh, with Cordillera since 2016, and one of the folks who helped uh, uh, establish the equipment manager certificate program, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, Kayla is the equipment manager at Whisp Resort, which is in McHenry, Maryland. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, two golf course, 36-hole facility there, the Lodestone and Fantasy Valley courses. And McHenry is kind of at Northwest Maryland, close to... West Virginia?
1: About the middle middle of the county. Okay. Pennsylvania and West Virginia are very
0: close. Okay. Right over there. Uh, Kayla's a three-year member, and she has been in uh, her role at Resort in one way or another since 2012. So thank you both uh, for for being here. And um, I'll start off and just kind of ask you both to talk a little bit about your, your careers, your personal stories in this business. Um, Kayla, I'll, I'll start with you. Um you, you were in the military, you were telling me earlier, and super interesting. How did your military service lead you to a career as an equipment manager?
1: I joined the military in 2006, right out of high school. Um, couldn't afford college, so I needed to get productive somehow. So I joined the Air Force. I was in for six years, spent some time in California, Texas, two tours in Afghanistan, one tour to Kuwait. I worked in... Dover Air Force Base for the majority of the time, which is the busiest aerial port in the United States. We shipped a lot of cargo. I was a heavy equipment technician, so I worked on large forklifts, aircraft loaders, aircraft tugs, pretty much anything you see on a flight line. And when I got out, I needed a job, and I went to a job fair. The superintendent was there and asked me if I could rake sand. I said, of course I can. (laughs) And that's, that's how I ended up in the golf course business.
0: And uh, eventually, did your your background in working on that kind of—I mean, if you, if you can work on a, you know, an, air, an aircraft tug, you can probably um, figure out a, a greens mower. Is that was that just the natural progression of your of your career?
1: The secret got out that I was a mechanic, and <laughs> as soon as they found that out, they were—you oh, can grind reels. So <laughs> after that, it's history.
0: That's 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 great. How much uh, outside training did you have to do to kind of? Get yourself in into the particulars of, of golf course management?
1: I haven't done too much. I did inter service mechanics okay. school while I was in the military, some okay. uh, associate's degree classes with the community college of the Air Force. Okay. But nothing professional outside. So Especially you've just on experience. the job
0: experience and training. Well that's hands-on. That that's great. Um, how much um, How much does the military prepare you for a career? I imagine, and I hear this from a lot of folks who have have military service, and whatever the job they're doing, whether it's as a superintendent, a crew member, equipment manager, um, what sort of things have you been able to take from your military service and kind of apply to your job uh, as an equipment manager?
1: Absolutely. Communication, safety programs are big in the military, doing everything by the book, doing it right the first time not making mistakes, and not losing parts on the flight line. So very big in golf also. You don't want to lose bolts on the green.
0: Right, ab- absolutely. Patrick, uh, same question for you, not about the military, but about uh, your path into uh, a career in golf course management. What got you uh, What got you started on this path?
2: Uh, my dad was an extension agent uh, growing up at, back in Georgia. He introduced me to or got me a job a little summer job while I was going to college um, at a golf course. So the first summer I worked and I was on the crew, but I'd always been taking apart things and putting them back together. So I naturally wanted to work in the shop. And um, also it was not in direct sunlight, which helped greatly. (laughs) (laughs) So I can remember the moment on the 18th fairway when I was raking a bunker and I said, you know what, this... I need I need to find a way in that shop. This isn't this isn't working out. So the uh so I went to school again. Came back the next summer, I mowed greens in the morning and then worked in the shop as uh my second job pretty much for the rest of the day. And uh the next summer I came back, I just worked in the shop and that was it. And um it's kind of been all all hands
0: on from there. That, that that's great um You said you were from Georgia. How did you uh, make your way to uh, uh, South Texas? Texas. (laughs) Um,
2: Just through people that you've met. um, uh, Jim Osborne, who's now up in Dallas. I worked for him in Georgia, and he used to work at Cordillera. And he mentioned that the job was open, that it would be a good fit. So I decided to move halfway across the country and see how Texas is.
0: And, and that's a place you don't want to be outside, in uh, there, especially yes. certain times of year. Um, so you found a, a, a nice spot there. I've been lucky enough to, to, uh, to visit Cordillera several times. We've played our, the GCSA National Championship uh, has hosted there. And I know, um, uh, was it the last time that we were in, or was it both the last two times, you have hosted uh, field trips uh, during GIS at your facility, or was that just last time? Uh, that was the last time it was in San Antonio yes yeah what was what was that like for you as uh, preparing and going good lord they're bringing up they're bringing an entire bus full of uh, yes other equipment managers here um, that, that has to be an interesting experience it was uh it was an adventure things
2: didn't go quite as planned but you know you just kind of roll with the punches and uh, you keep going like one bus ended up driving off property so it was on another ranch and all of a sudden people started like children of the corn walking across our practice or into the shop like what is going on but yeah it was uh it was it was i enjoyed it i really did i got to meet a lot of people from
0: all over the world and um highly recommend that yeah it was um i remember that story i was gonna let you say it mention it not me um but uh i also you know if there's any you know, group of professionals, at least in our business, that I know can roll with the punches and and change on the fly as equipment managers because I know there's uh, – <laughs> things rarely, rarely go as planned um, in, in that area. So, well uh, – First off, welcome to Lawrence. Super excited that, that you guys are here. We always enjoy having visitors here and you you only missed the tornado by about uh 2 to, to, 48 hours, so congratulations on that timing. That was uh we that. pretty lucky. Yeah, pretty fortuitous lucky. uh in that and <laughs> by the time this airs that will be a bit in the past, but I think most people watching the news or heard that we had a little, uh, little rough, rough weather around here. Unfortunately, no injuries, just a little bit of damage. And uh, thoughts and prayers to those folks, um, uh, neighbors here in in Lawrence. Um, I want to talk first, just kind of get take your temperature. We had members of the assistant superintendent task group uh, were in the building about a month ago. Um, recorded a very similar conversation with a couple of up and comers, and really just kind of dove into uh, what the career of a, of a assistant superintendent, the challenges they're facing um, uh, now, the opportunities they see, what they're kind of looking for in their career. So I'll kind of start with a similar question uh, for both of you. And just um, as you... Uh, View not just your your own jobs, but obviously you care about the industry. You care about giving back, or you wouldn't be here in these in your role with this task group. So, taking a broader look at the profession and the job of an equipment manager, what are some of the biggest challenges, hurdles maybe facing um, facing you right now? What's the industry climate like? Um, what are some opportunities for growth? Do you see just maybe your general? viewpoint on, on, on where we are uh, in, in the business of, of being an equipment manager. Kayla, I'll give you the first shot at that one.
1: Well, one of the challenges for me personally is finding enough time to manage both golf courses at the resort. They're four miles apart, and it's just me. If I need help, it comes from another department. Right. So a lot of times coordinating that work is difficult. But as far as industry-wide labor, finding people that want to do the work, and do it consistently can be tough getting younger people into it is tough but we just heard uh shalia talking about uh the first green program which it really excited me i wanted to hear some more and uh just some good things gcsa is doing to draw the younger crowd and get them involved in golf and excited about being stewards of the environment
0: yeah the uh the, the first green program has has really been a hit and I think everyone can identify with the the uh, the benefits and and how that can can spin off and um, I know it started on the golf course at stem training but I know that in recent uh, recent events they've started to move at least one of the stops in the shop um, to show them that they're really the science and the the technical side of what goes on to, to, to maintain uh, equipment Patrick I know you've you've been active uh, with this task group um uh, for a while, you've participated in a lot of uh, GCSAA stuff. Um, from from your perch, what's the what's the state of of the state of the industry uh, from uh, the view of an equipment manager? It's uh, I'll call it a paradigm shift because growing up,
2: I was taught: go to school, go to college, get a job, you'll be fine. But that uh, has started to shift and change, and so the people that do hands-on or blue-collar work. Are going away, and it's harder to find those types, which is what our role is also changing. But that is basically what we do. We are a blue collar worker with our hands and our minds. Um, But finding kids and younger generation that this is what they want to do. Most people don't even think of working at a golf course for a living, um, and they definitely don't know about working in the shop that there's a potential for that. Right. Um, working with an idea is working maybe getting colleges out, to get an internship program going. Um, I'm kind of doing something sort of like that in Texas, um, hiring assistants for like two years and then they get their own course and get to bring someone else in, train them up. But, um, that's to me is the biggest labor, is the biggest, uh, biggest
0: concern. Yeah, we're hearing that in every corner of the industry. Whether it's just uh, good, reliable crew members, uh, um, you know, assistance. Obviously, there are there are you know wants and needs for assistant superintendents, and that's that's obviously extending uh, in, into the shop as as well. Um, I've heard on more than one occasion um, from superintendents um, when talking about their equipment managers, they've they've told me. Um, that their their equipment managers are the most important person in the entire operation. And the quote is almost identical every time. I don't know if they're sharing this around and say, hey, we all have to use this or what. But um, they say, listen, I can do my assistant's job. I can't do my equipment manager's job. Meaning, should one of them depart, um, not be available. The challenge in replacing that EM is far greater in the short term and perhaps the long term. Than, than an assistant, um, that to me signals a an inc- increase in appreciation for what you both do, uh, a, a, a positive perception of the uh, of the position. From others in the industry, and and I'm curious if uh, if you're sensing that if you get, uh, I, I'm I'm hoping you both get good positive feedback from from your employers, but are you sensing um, a deeper appreciation and a greater understanding of just how important equipment managers are to the game of golf? Kayla, I'll let you. I
1: absolutely pick up on the uh, I I need you around uh, to take a week off is like oh oh don't leave me that long I I need you here so uh, but as far as DCSA goes uh, they've really been promoting the equipment manager and I think that's been helping out with the view from the superintendents and assistants and the deeper appreciation for us it's really nice so it's uh, being reflected by the employer also.
0: That's well, great. That's great to hear. Same same experience with you, Patrick. Um, yes and
2: no. The ones that mean it, um, you could say out of love. Yes, I appreciate the ones that say that, but it's out of fear that they, you know, can't do without us because it's they fear what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, but that's that's a small percentage in our industry of
0: superintendents that would right. Um, Right. Well, I, you know, it's, you can take, at least the guys that talk to me outside and their equipment and in most of the cases their equipment managers aren't in the room when they tell me this so I I, I think they're pretty genuine when they're when they're sharing that sentiment and uh, uh, I got to spend some time this last week at blessings Golf Club in Arkansas which was hosting the NCAAs and and I know just how valuable their equipment manager is to uh, uh, to, to their operation and uh, had very few volunteers and pulled off two consecutive weeks of of championship-level golf, which Damn. honestly, I don't wish on any any, any, of That's our amazing. listeners out there. Yeah, one week is, is plenty for an Open or a PGA or even any tour event, but two straight weeks of uh, nothing but 4 a.m. wake-up calls and returning for the afternoon and evening is a Uh, is a a grind. Um, Let's take a quick break from our conversation with Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kipp to talk about our good friends from Bayer Environmental Science, our partners in the making of the GCSA podcast. Hope you had a chance to check out episode nine of the podcast, which featured a conversation with Dr. Pat Burgess, Bayer Field Solutions Specialist. He and I talked about the innovative research that went into Bayer's stress guard technology and how it helps superintendents uh, maximize turf performance on their golf courses, and really what went into StressGuard is what goes into all of Bear's products. They are a company that remains dedicated to providing technical expertise as well as innovative solutions needed to maximize turf quality and make superintendents' jobs easier. To learn more about how StressGuard fungicides are redefining ordinary, head on over to environmentalscience.bayer.us slash once again, that is environmentalscience.bear.us/stressguard, and as always, our thanks again to everyone at Bear for their support of the podcast. Now let's get back to our chat with Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kip. Comparing where where you are where you guys are now in your career and how you view the um view the business of being an equipment manager versus when you came in, uh, can you say that you have seen uh, advancements um not just in appreciation but um just in just in the under the, maybe people even outside uh of the sh- of the of the maintenance operation um is has it been a noticeable change um in how you're perceived now versus then and patrick you can mm-hmm. jump on that one yes. first yes i would
2: i would say when i first came in i didn't really know everything that was involved um but we are the the GCM, the golf course maintenance department, is the go to department at all um, facilities. And then within the golf, the GCM, the shop is the go to sub department of that. So our appreciation and our value has uh, dramatically increased in this past decade or so that I've been in a, been
0: in. It definitely has gone up. Similar, Kayla, with you sound like you. Uh, you've already kind of uh, intimated that your your team uh, back at Wisp is very appreciative of you and don't want to you to wander too far. So I'm not sure how they're handling with you being in Kansas right now. But um,
1: I only got one text message today, so it's that, going pretty good. good. The parts were there; I just had to tell them where they were. <laughs> and uh, uh, since the time I started till now, I've seen uh, tighter budgets, and I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, golf-wide, so the importance of me sticking with golf has been an emphasis there, uh, and they trust me more. Whenever I tell them something's wrong or I need to spend more time on it, more money, they understand. Whenever I first started, we're not really sure if she's telling us. What, <laughs> yeah, that trust. But, they trust you so now, definitely. We, I really had to work on building that at first, but um it definitely... I Feel the appreciation more now
0: from where I started. That that and, and that's always great to hear because I, I you know superintendents have gone have followed a similar path in terms of trying to increase recognition and appreciation for their role. Um, you know i've this is my 20th year at gcsa when i first started it was really the focus on the head superintendent and is is that improved then you know you're able to kind of expand as an association and take in okay what other key people can we apply some of the same lessons that we learned with superintendents? And it's exciting that um, in the last number of years, obviously, equipment managers have, have joined the fold, their own membership class. This task groups become super active. The certificate program that I know you're, you guys have have been at least chatting about during your meetings here, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, Kayla, I wanted I wanted to uh, direct a question at you as a, and um, as a female uh, in this in this industry. Um, you know, our overall membership. There are uh, females are a relatively small group, um, make, making uh, making some good inroads in recent years. And some of the events that we've uh, that have taken place at GIS have have helped put a spotlight on the women currently working in 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 golf and in turf, and the opportunities for others who might be interested. Um, has it been? A, has have you encountered any challenges as a female doing this particular job? Um, and and what would you maybe what would you say to other other women who might, you know, have similar interests in you and um don't even know about this job and, and this opportunity for them?
1: Well, for me personally, I think my road would be a little different than a lot of women go through. And it it's due to my military service. Whenever I got there, I went through a lot of my growing pains as far as working with burly guys and yeah, right. you know how guys can be whenever they're around a bunch of other guys. <laughs> I have no
2: idea. What are you talking about? Um,
1: But if you stand your ground, and you know what you're talking about, you know your job. Just be straightforward, tell the truth. It might take a little while, but most of the people I've encountered throughout my entire golf career so far are real open to it. It's not as a stigma as it used to be. Being a woman doesn't hold you back. Uh, You just got to do it. Yeah. Be honest about it.
0: they produce good work and I I think you you've talked
1: uh, your your work will speak volumes absolutely. about you so if you can do the work it'll show
0: yeah if you're delivering um, I, I think your your employers the people that you work with and work for uh, are gonna are gonna or show you that appreciation and give you the latitude and mm-hmm. and to, to make those uh, decisions Patrick you you um, had an interesting role uh, uh, in the creation of GCSAA's uh, Equipment Manager Certificate Program. And now I believe you've completed level one, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Maybe tell us, um, we can talk about the test a little bit, but going into that process, I know that you you weren't alone in this effort unless you want to take credit for that. And you no, certainly just, you certainly can no, um, <laughs> Yeah, you might get some phone calls or emails uh, after shadows. they listen to this interview. Oh, but Patrick, what were the what were the overall goals um when when the group went into creating this, um, what were you trying to achieve? and um, as someone who's actually completed those exams uh, in level one, have you, are, are, were you satisfied? Did you go, man. you know what, I think we we pretty much hit the mark and, and I'm getting kind of the benefits that I hope that people who complete these exams would get? Right. I would say going into it,
2: my goal was to change the perception of the mechanic or the grease monkey. monkey. Right. Right. So um, that was kind of, that was one of my sub-goals. And then also having a baseline for level one is the baseline knowledge. So when before this came out, it was you've worked at a golf course for, I don't know, five or ten years. Okay, but what does that mean? What can you say? What does that mean if you go to another job? I mean, other than ten years of experience, if you're repeating the same thing over and over again, you're not learning anything. Whereas now you have tests where you can show, all right, this is what I know. And that's I think that helps uh, passing these tests will help um, superintendents and directors of Grammy figure out the qualified versus the unqualified technicians.
0: and uh, has the has the complexity and the advancements in technology in in turf turf equipment has that helped in showing just how valuable because these are these are complex, uh, complicated machines now uh, oftentimes with you know computer uh right. pieces they're not they're not the same you know a fairway mower today is definitely not the same as the fairway mower 20 years ago has that helped because they are more they are much more complex machines to to operate and to maintain I believe uh, so yeah oh. i mean they're a whole lot more electrical uh, going into
2: how it operates now a whole lot more.
1: It, it's mirroring the automobile industry with hybrid cars, electric right. cars. Your your mowers are going to uh, Tier 4 diesels. Sure, uh, right. And more electronics. E- electronic switches instead of levers. And an operator just can't hop off of the machine and zip tie it back together right. anymore. It, it's usually a little more in-depth.
0: Uh, how how have you guys kept up with with those changes? Are you utilizing the manufacturers through, say, maybe a distributor or a, a local dealer on, on training, or how are you how are you keeping? Because you know you wander around GIS every year and you just see the new advancements and the new changes and the introduction of GPS technologies and things like that. So, um, what's what's your techniques for Google. kind of keeping? Google, Google, you, no. Uh, a, hey, listen, I work on my I own know. car. With go- I, I've, I do, I've done I way YouTube more.
1: youtube that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, our John Deere dealer, our local John Deere dealer, puts on um, updated training every year. Kind of shows you the new electronic fuel injection system. We'll go through anything new out with the reels, updated equipment right, mechanisms right. and whatnot. That so. yearly
2: training that they kind of keep you keep you on top of your game, right? How you used to joke about a exhaust filter just like your blinker fluid. Well, now we have exhaust filters that's, and that's exhaust fluid. So, do
0: they have blinker fluid yet?
2: Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay. I still use that joke. Still use that one. That's good.
1: But vendors have been very helpful and a lot of support from John Deere on my end and Steel. So,
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, great. And really appreciative. That's awesome, and hopefully, some of the resources, obviously, that you guys are involved with uh, helping right. to develop and further uh, with the equipment manager task group, also can can play a, play a role in some of that. So, uh, first off, um, let's talk a little bit about that as as we wind up here today. Uh, Kayla, why did you decide to get involved uh, and kind of volunteer your uh, your time to this task group?
1: I've always kind of wanted to be involved, but I I didn't know my my foot through the door. You're right. And uh, I got an email from Sherry. And at first, I deleted it. I'll be honest. I <laughs> read it. I was like, yeah, this is just a, this is spam. Mm-hmm. And she emailed me again. She was very persistent, and I'm glad she was. And I accepted. And I'm highly glad I did. Everybody I've met here has been amazing. Facility is awesome. Uh, the things I'm learning here alone in a day is. Um,
2: Right, one awesome. day. We yeah.
1: are
0: cramming a lot yeah. into one day. Yeah, we, amazing. We, we do that a lot with a lot of task groups and committees. <laughs> and, uh, um, it, you know, it's fun for us as, as staff members and uh, to, to have members come see the building. Come, you know, come see where, where we work and get a chance to not only... Uh, I'm fortunate because I get to travel and I get to see other golf courses and meet superintendents and equipment managers and 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 folks in the and those those operations all over the country. Not every member of the staff here is able to do that. And aside from GIS, when most of us are on location, uh, getting folks like yourself. Um, uh, into the building is a great opportunity for our team as well. Um, Patrick, you've been involved in GCSA initiatives for a, a little while now. What first got you inter- interested? And in, uh, uh, what what are, what are you telling others that, that might have an inkling? Maybe I should uh, step forward and volunteer. Um, that's, that's a good question. I've
2: been involved for a little bit. It was my decision to get involved because I realized um, I needed to make some changes. serious note now yeah um yeah like my the way my life was kind of starting to go starting to not go up um and so i realized i need to do something i got to change so i started taking these uh tests i would take two at a humble brag i would take two a month i'd take two and then two so i just get them done um and i was the first uh first one to pass all of them i think or something something first Third, whatever it was. And that's how I got invited to the first time they had, a, had one of these meetings a few years back. And then ever since then, the association of the people that I've met at the task group and knowing how much um, just by taking the test, how much, if you want to talk income, my income almost doubled within two years just because wow. of the test and then the associations. So if anyone has any complaints,
0: then they should, you know, do something about it or stop complaining, right? Just saying. Well, that's, that's a that's a great tact, and you've obviously seen the the, the benefits. Um, I'll give this to each of you to to wrap up here. Uh, What's been the what's been the uh, the biggest focus of the meeting today? What what are you guys trying to get accomplished? And uh, uh, Kayla, you mentioned first green is maybe a little bit of an eye opener. What uh, are there other eye openers that you guys were like, wow, I didn't I didn't know about that. I think we are something that you know, gosh, we can we can really make some inroads by doing that. So uh, you know, what's our what was the, what were what were your marching orders and uh, and what have you gotten out of your experience here?
1: We're promoting the equipment manager just to get rid of the stigma that we're just regular wrench turners. So we've been going over some level tra- two training stuff and a certification program for turf equipment managers. So it's, the whole thing for me is a little overwhelming, to be honest. It's a lot of information yeah. and mean it's my first time, and everything's coming at me really fast. Um
0: but it's great. Yeah, and I, I know the association takes you know when we have groups in, we will brief you on various initiatives. Maybe even outside the world of the equipment manager. So you talked about first green and, and things like that. So there's probably yeah, getting we're uh, feeding you a little bit with the fire hose here when you yeah when you come Three to Lawrence. So. Yeah, there's there's homework
2: coming in, but now there's like double to triple homework coming out of this
0: meeting today. We got to get back. That's right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go here in just a second, Patrick. Um, do you do you feel particular, uh, you know, especially invested in in the certificate program in that in that course of action because you have seen how impactful it, it can be uh, on on a person doing the job that you're doing? Yes, I've seen how much it's changed uh, where
2: I was heading and where I am now. Like the the past version of myself versus the present. Obviously, I'm still growing. But how much it has uh, totally changed uh, my life, then yes, I'm very, very vested in this uh, program. And um, I'm going to see it to the end. So we're almost there. I'm getting close. That's
0: right. Get well, no, I, we can just do like level fourteen, level you know, fifteen, and we'll just keep it's uh,
2: a Nintendo game. Now, that's, that's right, <laughs> that's
0: right. Well, listen, I again, I appreciate you guys uh, taking time out. It was it was relatively painless, right? You know, yeah. Other than the other than the microphones and the headphones and all that you know? fun stuff.
1: Thank you, Scott.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for your service uh, to the thank association yes, and uh, uh, spending some time uh, here in Lawrence, and look forward to seeing you both again real soon. All
1: right, righty. Thank you. Well,
0: that puts a bow on episode 10 of the GCSAA podcast. I want to thank my guests on this episode, equipment managers, Patrick Drinkard and Kayla Kipp, as always, a big shout out also to the producer of this podcast, Mr. Evan Bissell, and all of our friends over at Bayer Environmental Science who support this podcast as our presenting partner. If you like what you heard on this episode or on other episodes of the GCSA podcast, I would uh, refer you to a lot of the other great content coming out of GCSAA and GCM Magazine. Uh, the July issue of the magazine is getting ready to hit your. Uh, your mailboxes, uh, for example. And we've got some great content in that issue, uh, including a feature story on a horticulture program at a Canadian golf course uh, that provides produce uh, for the club's restaurant. We also have an awesome uh, awesome story from uh, all of our friends down at the turf program at the University of Arkansas, who uh, are going to be providing GCM with a periodic series of of stories on new technologies in golf course management, and the first in that series is focused on moisture meters. So please check out uh, the July issue of GCM. Also, uh, head on over to gcmonline.com for the latest news uh, and information out of the golf course management industry. And to learn everything about your membership in GCSAA, please check out gcsaa.org. We will be back next month with more on the GCSA podcast. But until then, on behalf of everyone here at GCSA headquarters in Lawrence, Kansas, where we are still celebrating native son Gary Woodland and his triumph in the uh, in the U.S. Open, the nine members of GCSA's National Board of Directors, and the more than 18,000 members of GCSA worldwide. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon on another episode of the GCSA podcast. Take care.